Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. And happy Thanksgiving if you're listening today on November 25th. If you're not, welcome to God's Whole Story. <laughs> also, happy Thanksgiving just yes. late or whatever. Um, my name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris and Josh. What's up, guys? Hey. Uh, we were here yesterday with Romans. We're back again today with Romans. We're looking at Romans 5 through 7, I think. Part of 8. Oh, we do get we get first part of 8. Um, so as we're reading over this, uh, what what sticks out to you guys? Yeah, so just during the first part of it, like I see words like peace, rejoice. I see words like hope and just uh, friendship made right with God. And it's just like I get excited. I get happy, you know, that we have this peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us, that we can rejoice when we run into our problems because we know that they're going to help us develop endurance, that uh, – our hope will not lead to disappointment. And, you know, it's just all because of Jesus Christ. Like, it all just points back to him. So, like, I get so excited. It's just, like, I'm truly thankful. You want to talk about Happy Thanksgiving? I'm thankful for what uh, <laughs> Jesus ha- has done and that, you know, I can feel these things and experience these things because of what Jesus has done. Which, uh, the good news is is nice. I mean, we just came out of reading a bunch of passages about sin, how we're all sinners. <laughs> uh, we did get some good news yesterday that, you know, we're saved through Jesus and that kind of continues on. But But now, like, this... This idea of hope and peace, and th- it's putting that in the practice. It's looking at how these Jews and Gentiles in the church in Rome, how they grow together, and that actually it's, again, just like they're both sinners, they're both saved the same way. Now they live and grow, they're sanctified the same way through through God's Spirit working through them and through uh, staying away from certain things. One of the passages that jumped out to me would be uh, in chapter 6, just uh you know, after you kind of get this big picture of salvation, you've also got this inevitable question of, so should we keep on sinning? Should we, did we just, is grace so big that we can sin more? And Paul has kind of, uh, this version says, of course not. Um, other versions say, certainly not, or by no means. Uh, I've, I've seen that it's actually a much harsher term. It's like a God forbid. God forbid that we look at how good salvation is and our responses. What can I get away with? Um, and so the Gentiles here, they're just challenged to leave their sinful life, to not use salvation as an excuse to do whatever they want, but actually this is a great excuse to obey and to live right, that they need to die to that sin in their life. Yeah, I think it's 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 tough to read these passages and walk away with like an idea of cheap grace. Like, it, it, some, I mean, I'm a youth pastor, uh, something that comes up often more than I wish that it did is like, well, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. I just like to party every once in a while. And if you read through Romans, there's actually no such thing as a devoted Christian follower of Jesus who likes to party every once in a while. It's just not a thing. And I don't mean, (laughs) I don't mean party in the sense of like, have everybody over for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Paul's clearly teaching, like how can we who are dead to sin continue any longer therein? Like there, there should be a healthy tension in our lives that is, radically uncomfortable with the idea of sinning as a Christian. And there's kind of this concept in all these passages of, you know, who your master is. Yeah. You know, and for the Gentiles, like sin is no longer your master. It does not have dominion over you. Of course, that doesn't mean that they never sin, but it's like the ruling force in their life is no longer sin. 
And I think even even in chapter seven, we got the the Jews and their relationship to the law and to doing what's right. Like that almost became a master of them. And their new master, being Master Jesus as well, is like, okay, you don't do the things to earn this. You do the things because you have it. And so it's it's taking things and, and putting it into its proper perspective. Um, definitely not encouraging sin, but it's not encouraging living a life based on the law either. Yeah, yeah. So so he is actually like walking the line really well between these two groups. Mm-hmm. And even right kind of uh, in this, we've got Paul like with this unique example of, I think, I personally think it's his own life. Uh, some people think it's is before God life. But like he's just trying to make a case or something. I, I think it's it's that real thing of like, our, we are not mastered by sin, but we still do deal with it. And there is this growth process of, you know, I sometimes I do the things I don't want to do. And you, hopefully that becomes less and less as you submit to Master Jesus. But we all find ourselves in that place where like, oh, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. And so, like, what do you do when you see yourself as that wretched man, as that man just trapped? You just you turn your eyes back on Jesus. Thanks be to God, through who can rescue me from this. Which Paul kind of answers that. But I love. I think it's a really. Paul just comes down to earth here, and he kind of like portrays this this every man's journey of what it is to live and grow in Christ. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been right, made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly hopeless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, because the Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not obey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through his through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. 
for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as she as she is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now are you, you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. 
As a result, you can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong unless the law had said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have the power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. So the trouble is not the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful desire. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. 
You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are the heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.